Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I believe that all of you want to grow and want to become more like Christ and change. When I got saved many years ago in Thailand, about 30-something years ago, I came from the Buddhist background. After I accepted Jesus Christ, one thing that I told the Lord is that I want to become a full Christian. I don't want to be half-hearted Christian. I want to be 1,000% Christians. So I told the Lord that whatever you want me to do, whatever I need to change, I am willing to change. And I'd like to know what you want to say. I give my life to you. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. You are my Master. You are my Creator. And I want to surrender to you 100%. So since that day on, everything that God Show me in the Bible. I surrender. And I ask the Lord to help me to become what the Bible says. And in the past 30 plus years, I experienced that when I follow the way of the Lord, I have been blessed so much. And not only blessing in the area of finances or in the area of health and job and family, but my heart is so full of joy and peace that money cannot give. So I pray that all of you will have the same spirit and the same attitude that you want to be more than 100% Christians. You want to take serious about being like Christ and being used by God. Amen. And that is the best way to live, is to live the way God asks us to do. Actually, I just bought a new video camera. I haven't even used it. The reason I haven't even used it is just sitting in, on the nightstand in my bedroom because I have not had time to read the manual yet. And it's more complicated than ever. The more technology comes out, the more complication. So I need to read the textbook or the manual first in order to use the camera correctly. The same thing with our life in walking with God. We have the manual, and that manual is the Bible. As Christians, we need to know the Bible. And if we follow the Bible, our life will not be broken. Our life will be blessed. And we will be able to reach to the maximum that God has in store for us. But if we rebel against the Bible, then we will miss a lot of blessing. So today, I will teach one subject in the Bible. And this subject, I want to call a great blessing. How many people want a lot of blessings? Raise your hand up. How many people want God to really pour out His grace and favor and blessing upon you? Raise your hand up. So this subject is important. And actually, if you look throughout the Bible, it's the root cause of humanity. Everything that is wrong in the world right now happens because man doesn't obey what I teach today. But if you can deal with this issue and do it, your life will never be the same. Amen. Everyone say, a great, blessing. a great blessing. How to get the great blessing from God? Today, the subject of the teaching is obedience. Everyone says obedience. Obedience, obedience is very important 
You know why? Because the chaos that happened in the world right now come from the original disobedience in the Garden of Eden. The reason mankind is facing curses and sickness and problems and broken relationship and wars and all these problems that started in the Garden of Eden is the issue of disobedience. Adam and Eve decided to disobey the command of God, and after that day on, the curse has permeated into humanity, and that's why we see so many problems in the world right now. Most people in the world are not happy. They have problems, sickness, and disease, and curses, and broken family. Children get into trouble, poverty. Blood, calamity all over the world. These are the sign of the curses from disobedience of mankind. So we need to deal with the root issue: obedience and disobedience. Obedience is the will of the Father. Amen. Let's pray and ask the Lord to teach us today. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your word. We in this church respect your word. We want to learn from you. We want to understand what you need to say. We want to be a doer of your word. We just don't want to be just hearers, Lord. We want to follow your precept, follow your instructions. We want our faith to work. And you say in the Bible that faith will not work if we don't obey. Father, we thank you so much for teaching us today through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to read a lot of scripture to show you that obedience is very important. Let's go back to the original situation in Genesis chapter 3 verses 14 to 19. What happened to mankind? How many people know that when God created Adam and Eve at the beginning, God said, "It is good." Before Genesis chapter 3, there was no sickness, there was no curse. There was no broken relationship. Everything goes well. Adam and Eve had everything they needed. God blessed them. God walked with them in the cool of the day, and they have such a good relationship with God. They don't have fighting in the family. They don't have problem. But what happened in Genesis chapter three? Adam and Eve rebelled or disobey the command of God. God told them not to eat the fruit from a tree, but They did not obey the Lord. Look at what the Lord said after mankind sinned or disobeyed God. So the Lord God said to the serpent, "Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed." He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, "I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you." Then to Adam he said, "Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying." You shall not eat of it. Curse is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. 
both thorns and thistle it shall bring forth to you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Wow, this scripture talk about the curse that come to mankind because Adam and Eve disobey God. Big problem. Women have pain when they have a baby. Men have to work so hard with sweat. The ground is full of curse, problem and problem and problem because of the disobedience of mankind. How many people say that I don't want to live in the curse? I want God to bless me more and more each day. How many people want the blessing? I want the blessing. God has shown us the way to get the blessing. And He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to set a good example to us. Jesus Christ, actually, even though He was God, but when He came into the world 2,000 years ago, He came into the world as a man. If you notice, the first 30 years, He did not perform any miracle. He did not heal the sick. He did not cast out demons for the first 30 years. And after that, as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit, he began to walk in signs and wonders. So he performed miracles not because he was God. He performed miracles. He was teaching with authority because he was a man anointed by the Spirit of God. We have hope that we can do the same thing because we are men and women of God and we can be anointed by the Holy Spirit. That's why tonight I will lay hand so that they can be anointed to perform signs and wonders and walking in the power of the Spirit. If Jesus needed the anointing of the Holy Spirit, how much more we need the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. And as a human being, in the body of human being, Jesus set us a good example. And because of His obedience, when we hook up with Him, we can walk in obedience like Him. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. The first Adam sinned against God and brought curses into mankind. But look at the last Adam. The Bible called Jesus the last Adam. And being found in appearance as a man, talking about Jesus, He humbled Himself. In other words, He stepped out from heaven as God humbled himself to be a man. And not only that, he humbled himself to wash the feet of the disciple as the lowest kind of slave. In that generation, there are many kinds or many levels of slave. And the slave that stand at the door to watch somebody's feet before they come into the house, that is the lowest kind of slave. Jesus showed that he was willing to serve as a slave. He humbled himself. And became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Jesus was the most obedient person in the world. Since he was born to the time he died on the cross, he totally, completely, no reservation, obeyed the Father and the Holy Spirit. He is such a good example to all of us. And because he obeyed the Father, God lifted him up from the tomb. He was resurrected. 
And then God lifted him up from the world into heaven. He was exalted by God because he was humble and obedient. And then he was put at the right hand of the Father. Right hand of the Father is a position of greatest authority in the universe. Somebody who can stand at the right hand. Have you heard this term? He is my right hand man. Right hand man is the second in command. Has the highest authority below the top boss of the company. He is at the right hand of the Father, indicating that he had the most authority in the universe. Jesus get the authority back for mankind after man lost authority to the devil after Adam and Eve obeyed the serpent, and not only that, he was willing to obey the Father and have brought back the blessing and give back to his church. Therefore, we are all the candidate for the blessing of God. But the key is that we need to walk like Jesus. We need to really obey the Father. Amen. We have two choices in this life. We're going to choose the way of Jesus, or we're going to choose the way of the devil. The way of the devil is the way of pride and rebellion and disobedience. But the way of Jesus is the way of humility, submission, and obedience. It's up to you to choose. The Bible say in the Old Testament, you can choose. You can either choose life. Or you can choose death. You can choose blessing, or you can choose cursing. It's up to you. I cannot even force my wife and my kids to choose. I can tell them what is right and what is wrong, but it's their own choice. As a pastor of the church, I cannot force my members either what to do. I can teach them. I can tell them what is right, what is wrong. But the bottom line is. Everyone is responsible for their own life. Whether you're going to go to heaven or you go to hell, whether you're going to be blessed or you're going to face the curse, whether you're going to obey God or you're going to rebel against God, it's our own choice. Amen. I hope that after this lesson, you will make a choice to obey the Lord and you make a choice to be blessed by God. Amen. Two roads here. We need to choose which one. The road of Jesus, obedience, or the road of Satan and Adam and Eve, rebellion and disobedience. Obedience is the heart desire of God for all of us. How many people in this room are parents? You have kids, not a lot. Okay, some of you already have kids. Let me ask you this question: What do you want your kids to have? Do you want your kids to be successful? Or you want your kids to fail, to be homeless, walking on the street, no food to eat, no good job, no education? Do you want your kids to have cancer? No. Do you want your kids to get sick? No. Do you want your kids to have good family? Yes. yes. All the parents want their kids to be successful, to be strong, to be healthy, to be strong, to be fruitful, to do well. All the parents, and you are the earthly parents. Can you imagine? You think about your kids that way. How much more your heavenly Father think about you and care about you? He really wants you to be blessed. He really wants you to be healthy. He wants you to be fruitful and productive in life. He wants you to touch everything and be productive. He wants you to have peace and joy and become mature, not baby forever. You want your kids to grow up, is that right? 
You don't want your kid to be baby forever, running around with a running nose and fall down and have problem all the time. You want your kids to grow up. The same thing. The heart of the father, he wants us to grow up, to obey him, and to be blessed, to be strong, to be successful, to be healthy, to be the blessing to other people, to be good citizens, to be a blessing to the society, to the family. He doesn't want you to be a burden to other people. He wants you to be a blessing to other people. And in order to do that, the key is to obey what he says. Everything that he tells you to do, whether in the Bible or through the Holy Spirit, is good for you. Whether you understand or not, or whether you agree or not, or whether you experience or not, everything he says to you to do is good for you. It will benefit you because he is a good father. He loved you even more than you love your children. How much he loved you, I want to tell you. Very simple. Every time I look at the cross, I see the love of God. He loved you so much that he is willing to sacrifice his own son to save us from hell. Jesus came to die so that we don't have to go to hell, and we can have life and have it more abundantly. Every time you're gonna get mad at God. I heard that some Christian get mad at God. When I heard that, I was like, "Wow! Could you please go back to look at the cross? Well, how come you get mad at somebody who died for you? How come you blame the person who died for you? Is that right? If you walk out on the street right now and a car gonna hit you, and somebody jump in front of you and get hit by the car to die for you, will you complain about that person? Will you say, "Oh, I don't want to go to church anymore this coming Sunday"? God doesn't love me. Somebody died for you, and you say they don't love you. I believe that if we understand the death of Jesus Christ, the suffering He went through 2,000 years ago, we will never even complain one day that we have to wake up early Sunday to go to church. We will never complain that we have to drive one hour to go to church. It's not a big deal because somebody died for you. Amen. Amen. He paid the price for you. He loved you so much, and definitely when He loved you, He expect you to love Him back. He deserve your love because He loved you first. Amen. Let me ask this question: When you love somebody, would it be nice if that person loved you back? Wife in this room, if you love your husband, you cook for him, you take care of him, whatever he wants, you say, "Honey, okay." <laughs> Sometimes I feel sorry for my wife. She served people all day long. She got up in the morning. She served our children, and now she need to serve her grandchildren. The grandchildren will run to her legs and hold me, hold me. They are so attached to the grandma right now. Even before we left home last night, the two grandchildren ran to her lap and cry and didn't want her to leave the town and come here. They all love her grandma, so she served them. And now she has to serve our daughter's dog. <laughs> Our daughter has two dogs, Connor and Chloe. So she cooks for the dogs too. So she serves all day long, and then has to now come home from work. I'm hungry. So she has to cook for me and pack the luggage. Last night for me, she she put all the thing in the luggage. She served all day long, and when we got to the hotel, she unpacked and served again. When I look at this woman who loved me, loved my daughter, loved my grandchildren. Love even my daughter's dogs. How can I cheat her? There's no way. I need to love her back. Is that right? 
I believe she expect me to love her because she loved me and served me all these years. The same thing with God. He loved us so much. He sent His Son to die for us. He gave us oxygen to breathe. He even gave rains to the unrighteous and the righteous. He takes care of us. He protects us. He put us in a good church, so that we will not be lonely in the city. So that we have a family. I consider the church as my family. I don't need to be a Christian by myself in Seattle, but I have a local church, a family, so that I can grow with them spiritually. He loved me so much. Therefore, I think he deserved my love big time. I love God so much. Sometimes I sit in the airplane and I just sit there and talk to Jesus. Or even sometimes I was walking in the hospital and I just talk to the Lord. Lord. I'm serious. I really loved you. You have done so much for me. I loved you so much. You can tell me whatever you want me to do. I will do it for you. I will never say no to you. I loved you so much. He expect my love. And do you know how to show love to God as He loved us first? John chapter 14, 23 to 24. Jesus answered and said to him, "If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love." Him, and we will come to him, and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. Keep my words means obey my words. And the words which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. How do we show love to God? Very simple. Words are cheap. If I walk to you and say. Brother, I love you. It's cheap because I just use a few calorie to move my vocal cord and move my lips and tongue to say, "Brother, I love you." Is that right? But it will be different if you ask me, say, "Pastor Lau, could you go and protect me? The gangster gonna kill me. Can you walk with me?" And I walk with you to face the gangster. That is not cheap. Love that without action is not a true love. That's why Jesus said that I deserve your love, but I want to see your love in action. I want you to prove to me that you truly love me. And how do we show God, or how do we prove that we love God? Jesus said, "Keep my words," or in other words, obey what I say. Obedience is a manifestation of. The love that we have for God. How can we tell a person? How can we tell how much a person love God? Very easy. How much that person obey the Lord? Amen. Amen. Lately, I and Pastor Da, we have been talking because we have been pastor for more than 30 years now, and we come to the point we realize now that there is a honeymoon period in the church. When I say honeymoon period, it means people can show up. Oh, I love this church. I love you, Pastor. Oh, oh, it's so good church. Pastor Da and I are not excited about that anymore. <laughs> That people come in and hug us and kiss us and say, "Oh, this is such a good church." We go home and look at each other's eyes and say, "Let me see what you do five years from now," because this is a honeymoon period. Three months later, you may yell at me and you say, "I hate you." Why we want to say wait for five years? Because hey, love need to prove. You need to obey. You need to do something with us. You need to pull up your sleeve and do something with us. 
Whether up and down, whether the rain come and the storm hit Pasadena or not, you still go to church and you still serve God. There was a storm here two weeks ago. You need to prove your love by action, not just sweet word. Yeah, I loved you. I need to see your action five years from now. Are you still there? Are you leave already? Are you gone? Love must follow by action. But thank God, Jesus said that if you love me and obey me, you will not do it for free. He said a few things in this scripture. He said that my father will love him. When I read this scripture, I believe that this is not normal love. You know that God is love, and God loves everyone in the world. God loves sinner too, and in fact, Jesus died for sinner. So, in fact, God already loves sinners. He loves people outside the church. He loves even the worst criminal and the worst sinner in the world. But when he say, "My Father will love him, him who obey God," what does it mean? I believe with all my heart, this is a special favor, a special love for those who love him. So, in other words, he is fair. God is fair. He's just. If you and I love him to obey him. He will show special love to you in a special way. He opened the door for you that you can meet people to get promotion. He will protect you specially. He will show you the ways. He will do something special for you because his love for you is special. My father will love him. This is not just simple love for outside people in the world, but it's a special love for people who love him and obey him. Not only that, he said, "Will." Will come to him and make our home with him. Wow! If you read this statement just pass by, you may not understand what it means. Actually, this is a big, big deal. Big deal. We will come to him and make our home with him. What does it mean? It means that you will have a special presence of God in your life. God will be with you everywhere you go. Amen. Yes, God is everywhere. He is omnipresent. But the special presence of God, which means the glory or the tangible presence of God, is not with everyone everywhere. God give a special deal to those who love Him and obey Him. That is the tangible presence of God. Amen. If the tangible presence of God is with me, who can come against me? For example, if today a millionaire show up in this room, what comes with him? You can talk about some millionaire, but he is sitting somewhere in New York. It doesn't mean anything. But if millionaire show up here and say, "Hey, I gonna stay with you for a few months, and I will be your friend everywhere you go. I will go with you." How about that? A millionaire, maybe a billionaire, come and stay with you for a few weeks. You go to Pasadena, that billionaire walk with you. So you want to buy pad Thai? How about sushi? You go to a restaurant and you're gonna buy sushi, and the billionaire say, "No, no, 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 no! Put your pocket away. I have the credit card, <laughs> unlimited." And when you walk into the hotel, the worker in the hotel see you walk in with this billionaire. Ha ha ha! Sweet room. You're gonna stay in the suite, not the regular small room with one bed. You're gonna be in the big suite room. Why? Because the billionaire come in, and he want to stay with you. So he's not gonna rent a small room. He's gonna rent the big suite 
on the penthouse on the top floor for you. Amen. If God is with you, He is the Prince of Peace. He is the healer. He is the deliverer. He is a protector. He is the wisdom. He is the strength. He is the power. He is everything. If He is with you, you have everything that you need. Amen. The presence of God is a big deal. I want God to go everywhere with me. That's why lately, since I have been in the fire of God, I noticed in the past one year, I rarely get sick now. People have cold. I don't have a cold around me, and I know not because I'm a special man, but because the presence of God is with me. Amen. Yesterday in my office, when I was standing in my office, I even feel the presence of God in my medical office. I feel, whoo, the presence of God is here in my medical office. If the presence of God is with you, there will be wisdom. There will be direction. There will be prosperity. There will be power. There will be favor. Everything. And in the Bible, if you notice, every man of God who was very successful and used significantly by God, there was one common factor in all these men in the Bible. Let me show you a few of them. Let's look at Joseph. What did Joseph have? Did the Bible say Joseph was very successful to move from being a slave? Into the head of the slave, and then move into the prime minister in Egypt. Was he a smart guy? Was he a handsome man? Was he highly educated? That's why he was successful. No, look at what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 39, verses 2 to 3, and verse 21. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. The master even saw that the Lord was with Joseph. Joseph had the special presence of God that no other man in his generation had. Wow! Look at verse twenty-one. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and He gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Wow! Should I change the name? The Lord was with Jason and Nathan, and Jason and Nathan were successful men. They were in the house of his master, the Californian, and his master saw that the Lord was with them, Jason and Nathan. And that the Lord made all they did to prosper in their hand. Who? You like to put your name in there? Amen. Put your name in there. Verse twenty-one. But the Lord was with Nathan and Jason. I tell you, if choosing between one million dollars and have the presence of God, I choose the presence of God. Because one million dollar can disappear overnight by the flood. I heard that one millionaire in Thailand lived in the, I think, west side of Thailand. He just bought a brand new car from Italy. I think it's about maybe one million baht or something. Very expensive. I don't know the name. I, I, I'm not a car kind of fan, so I don't know all the name of the car. But a very expensive car. That car still have the red tap, which means just came out from the car dealer. The flood came into that area 
In a few hours, the flood went up to the second floor of the house, and that brand new car was completely destroyed in two hours. If I choose between money and the presence of God, I choose the presence of God. Amen. And how you gonna get the presence of God? Obedience. Love Him and live a life of obedience. Look at Joshua. Joshua 3:7. And the Lord said to Joshua. This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Why did Moses become so successful in the ministry? Why did Joshua become very successful? The answer is God was with them. The presence of God. Amen. One time, God was so upset with the children of Israel because they sinned against God, and God talked to Moses this way: "I'm so upset with you all, you guys. Okay, because I promised you that you're gonna enter the promised land, I will keep my promise anyway. You're gonna go to the promised land, enter promised land, but I'm not gonna go with you. I'm gonna send the angel to go with you. This is in the book of Exodus. He said, 'You're gonna go to promised land, but I'm not going with you. I'm gonna send the angel to be with you.' What did Moses answer God? Moses said, "No, no, no, no! I don't want the angel. I want you to go with me. I want your presence." Everyone say, "The presence of God." The of God. Amen. How do we get the presence of God? By loving Him and obeying what He said. That's why Jesus said, again in John chapter 14, He said that we, mean the Father and the Son, will come to Him and make our home with Him. Look at second. Chronicles chapter 17 verse 3, talking about King Jehoshaphat. Now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat, because he walked in the former ways of his father David. He did not seek the bells. All these men that I'm talking about, Moses, Joshua, Joseph, Jehoshaphat, were godly men, and they were successful in their work in their life. What was the secret here? The secret was that the Lord was with them. Everyone say with me, I want the presence of God. I want the Lord to be with me all the days of my life, 24-7. I want Him to go with me everywhere, all the time. His love, His grace, His favor. His protection, his, protection. His, healing, his healing, His joy, His, joy, his, strength, his strength, His prosperity. His prosperity. Come, along with him. Come along with Him. And they all belong to me. Belong to me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, are you more convinced that we should obey the Lord? Amen. We should obey the Lord. Let's look at the promise of God in the Bible regarding obedience. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 12 to 15. Deuteronomy chapter 7, 12 to 15. Then it shall come to pass, because you listen to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord your God will keep with you the covenant and the mercy which he swore to your fathers. And he will love you. You see the same thing here? God gives special love to those who obey his commands. And bless you. Everyone say bless. bless. 
and multiply you, and he will also bless the fruit of your womb, and the fruit of your land, your grain and your new wine and your oil, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flock, in the land of which he swore to your fathers to give you. You shall be blessed above all people. There shall not be a male or female barren among you or among your livestock. And the Lord will take away from you all sickness, and will afflict you with none of the terrible diseases of Egypt, which you have known, but will lay them on all those who hate you. Who? I like this scripture. I like it. The Bible said that if we obey the Lord, He will bless our offspring, bless everything we touch. He will heal our sickness. He will give a special protection that we will not be sick easily. In fact, it just happened to me many months ago. I began to have some irritation on my molar here, the tooth. The doctor could not find a way to correct the problem, and eventually, I claimed this promise that you know, God, you say that you're going to heal me. And I don't want to live with this comfort in my tooth because it's hard to chew, hard to eat. And then I claim the promise that I command in the name of Jesus that this irritation or pain or whatever that irritate me must go away because in the Bible say that the sickness will not afflict those who obey the Lord. Within 24 hours, it was gone. Amen. And now I can push on it. I can move it, and no pain, no irritation anymore. Amen. And I told Pastor Dad that wow. It's real. God is the healer. He can do it. Amen. I can claim it. I can believe it. Amen. And God said that He will bless. At that time, people were farmers and they take care of cattle and flock. So God said, "I will bless the work of your hand, your flocks and your farm and everything." Nowadays, God will bless our business. God will bless everything we touch and we do. Amen. So you can see that God said, "I will bless those who obey me." How many people want to live this kind of lifestyle? That everything you touch, everything you do, is full of the blessing of God. We need to make a decision. Actually, this is not a big formula, not anything complicated at all. To me, Christianity is very simple. I love God. God loves me. I have relationship with God, and Lord, I will obey what you say. Period. And when you do that, oh, all the blessing will come. Very simple. Christianity is simple, not very complicated at all. I never look at my Christian life as a very complicated life, a very simple life. Just obey God. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 to 5. Look at looking at another promise of God regarding obedience. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all His commandments. Which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all this blessing shall come upon you and overtake you. What does it mean overtake? Jason, can you come here? I want to show you how to do overtake. Jason, you turn your back on me, and he was standing there, kind of look around, and thinking about some girl. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and. Then somebody jump on him and grab him, overtake him, and he walk away. I still follow. I will not let him go. He tried to run away. I still keep him. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Do you see that picture? 
that the blessing of God come upon you, overtake you, and catch you, and never let you go. You try to blessing go away. No, I overtake you. I catch you now. Everywhere you go, the blessing of God gonna be there. Amen. Who? I feel the anointing. Do <laughs> you see the picture of the blessing? Like the blessing is like a a big thing and come on you, poof, on your back and oh, what is that? And you turn back, oh, blessing of God. Oh, it's so heavy. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> the blessing will overtake you. Amen. <laughs> Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Which means blessed everywhere in the city, the country, North Pole, South Pole, Thailand, Japan, India, wherever you go, the blessing is there. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body. I mean, your physical body shall be strong, healthy. You live 120 years old. At 80 years old, your knees still strong. You still fly over the world to preach the gospel. You're not sick. You're not in the hospital having an operation. The produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, which means your business, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Whatever you touch in your business, whatever you touch will be successful. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneeling bowl, which means. Your bank account gonna be full. You're gonna have money left over. Amen. Amen. God bless you so much. Bless and bless and bless you so much, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. He will bless you financially. He will bless your work. He will bless your family. He will bless your children and grandchildren to the thousand generations. He will bless everything you touch and you do, because you obey. This is an important subject. Obedience is a subject that the devil doesn't want the church to hear, because he wants to kill, to steal, and to destroy. If Christians don't understand this and they just live a life of disobedience all the time, they miss a lot of blessing. Actually, if you read Deuteronomy chapter 28 from verse 15 on, actually more verses on that side. If you disobey the voice of the Lord your God, disobey, you shall face all these curses. 14 verses talking about obedience in Deuteronomy chapter 28. If you obey, the blessing will come. Amen. Any one of you can say that Jesus Christ is your Savior and your Lord in this room. Anyone can say that Jesus is your Lord and your Savior. Raise your hand up. Why don't we confess one more time that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior? Confess with me. Raise your hand up and confess. Lord Jesus, you died on the cross for my sin. You love me so much. You are my Lord and my Savior. Be in my life, Lord. The will in me. I am your temple, Lord. I love you because you love me first. In your, name, In your name, I pray. I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, I just want to make sure that you're all saved. <laughs> When you call Jesus Lord, the word Lord in the Greek language is kurios. Kurios means the owner of life. Don't treat Jesus as a busboy. Hey, Jesus, come here, come here. I need a girlfriend. 
Hey Jesus, come here, come here. I need a job. A lot of Christians treat Jesus like a boyfriend. Uh, uh, not a boyfriend. I say, I say it wrong. Treat Jesus as a bus boy. You need something, then you call Jesus. No, Jesus is not your bus boy. Your server. He is your Lord. Lord means the owner of life. So it means that when He says something, you obey. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You obey. And that is the way how to show love to Him. And He promised you that if you obey Him and love Him, He will give special love to you, and He will be with you, and His presence shall be with you. Amen. And he promises so many things in the Bible about the people who obey him. Look at one example in the Bible in Genesis chapter 22, verses 15 to 18, talking about Abraham. Sometime in your life, God will test your love and your obedience. God may tell you something that looks very unreasonable, and you don't even agree, and you feel uncomfortable. At that time, God told Abraham. To take his only one son, and he was already more than 100 years old. To have another son is impossible. He told Abraham to take Isaac, his son, up to the mountain and sacrifice the son, kill him as an offering to the Lord. In the human logics, this is very unreasonable. This is unacceptable. I'm more than 100 years old. I have only one son to continue my last name or my family. And if I kill my son, the only way I can continue my family line is that God will resurrect my son from the dead. And at that time, no one has seen resurrection yet. But even though the command was so unreasonable, so hard to do, Abraham decided to obey the Lord. And he took his son the next day right away with his servant. And he put the son on the altar, pulled up his knife, and ready to kill the son. And then God says, stop. I just test you whether you obey me or not. Ah, thank God that he did not have to kill his son. God tested Abraham, his obedience. My brothers and sisters, in your life, you have to go through many tests. Those tests can be the test of obedience. And you may not even agree with the command or with what the Lord tells you to do. Sometimes that command doesn't come directly from the Bible. It may not come directly from the Holy Spirit. It may come through the pastor of the church. It may come through your wife, your husband, that God speaks to them and tell you what to do. And you know, and you know in your heart that that is from God. And you have two choices to argue, to procrastinate, to give all the excuses. And you keep procrastinating, not obeying the Lord. And you are missing the blessing of God. But if you obey right away, even though it sounds unreasonable, you will be blessed by God. Look at what the Lord said to Abraham after he passed the test of obedience. Genesis chapter 22, 15 to 18. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you. Everyone says, Blessing. Blessing, blessing I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Everyone say, obey. Obey. 
God can tell you what to do in different ways. Number one, definitely through the Bible. The Bible contain the Word of God, and if you know the Bible and obey the Bible, you obey God. That's one way. The Bible we call logos in the Greek language. Logos is the Word of God that is written in the paper, but God can come and speak to you through His Spirit. We call rema. The word of God that comes specifically for you for certain situation and certain condition for certain time is rema. Definitely, the voice of God that come to you as rema will not contradict the Bible at all. God will never contradict Himself. Whatever the Holy Spirit speak to you will never go against what the Word of God say. I give you example. If you hear a voice saying, "Hate this church, hate the pastor." Gossip about him, challenge him, don't honor him. That voice is not of God. That voice is of the devil. Because God always say, honor the pastor, love the church, submit to the pastor. Amen. Any voice that is not biblical is not the voice of God. There are actually three kind of voices in the world: God voice from the Holy Spirit, two the voice of Satan or the voice of demons, and three your own voice. Your own fleshly desire. Your flesh tell you what to do. Demons and your flesh are not gonna tell you to do what the Bible say. That's why we need to walk in the Spirit to listen to the Spirit. And that's why in our revival service we encourage people to surrender to the Holy Spirit. So learn how to surrender now. When you get out of the building, out of the revival service, you can learn how to surrender to the Spirit of God out there instead of listening to your own flesh. That's why we make so many teaching CD. Even though you can read the Bible yourself, and you should read the Bible yourself, but God still used teachers in the body of Christ to explain, to help you understand the Word of God. The teaching CD is to help you to understand the Word of God quicker than normal. Instead of trying to study yourself, and you may study it wrong too because you are not a teacher. So the teacher in the body of Christ will help you to understand the Word of God more clearly. Amen. So when we talk about obedience, we all obey the Bible, the Word. We obey the voice of the Holy Spirit, and the voice of the Holy Spirit can come in a different way. Can come to your heart. We call still small voice, little little voice in your heart. Or it can come through dreams. Can come through vision. Can come through words of prophecy. Can come through the word of encouragement of another brother and sister in the church. So you need to be able to discern what is the voice of God and what is not the voice of God. You need to grow in that area. Okay, you need to grow in the area of discerning the voice of God. We may make mistake, but we need to grow more in understanding what is the voice of God and what is the voice of man and what is the voice of demon. Amen. Look at another example in the Bible about the blessing of obedience in Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 10. Therefore, you shall obey the voice of the Lord your God and observe His commandments and His statutes. Which I command you today. God say, you should obey the voice of the Holy Spirit and the command which is recorded in the Bible. How many people say, God, from now on, I will do my best to obey the voice of God? Amen. How many people say I will obey the Bible? Yes. Even though sometimes I don't agree. Look at Matthew chapter 17 verse 5. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the crowd, saying, "This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. 
hear him. In other words, listen to him. So God the Father say, as Christian, we need to listen to the voice of Jesus, the voice of our shepherd. We need to obey the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And today, the Lord Jesus work in the church through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Luke chapter 22, verse 42. Father, if this is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus Christ taking up a form of a man, living on earth for 33 years. He had two choices. Run away from the cross. Oh no, it's suffering. I don't like that. Maybe, Father, I can save mankind by standing on my head upside down, my feet in the sky, and my head go down, and I walk on my hand. Maybe that will save mankind, but God the Father said, "No, no, no. The way to save mankind is you died on the cross, and to die on the cross is not fun." He called my cup of this suffering. Could you please take away from me that I don't need to die on the cross? But Jesus say at the end, his physical body say to him, "I don't want to die on the cross. It's so painful. It's not fun. But not my will, but your will be done." Jesus obeyed the Father to death. Obedience sometimes is inconvenient. Obedience sometimes is suffering. Obedience sometimes pay the price. Obedience sometimes lose your friend, lose reputation. People may run away from you. People may not want to be your friend anymore. Obedience sometimes go against your flesh. But are you going to obey or follow your flesh or seek reputation and friends and other things more than obedience? Obedience is very important. Amen. You can do so many things that you feel so uncomfortable because you obey God. Many years ago, when God asked me to start a church in Seattle, I just came to America only one year. I could not speak English very well, and God told me to start a church. And that church is not a Thai church; it's an international church. So I had to preach in English. You know how I preach at that time? I put a piece of paper in front of me and I read the sermon because my English was so weak. I had to read. I was afraid that I would make some wrong grammar. Or the way I speak, I, the way I spoke English, so I have to read the sermon, and people look at me. Many American people who came to visit my church at that time, they shook their head and they walk out. They say, "This preacher read the sermon," but sorry, I did my best. The way I know, I obey God, even though you may reject me. It's okay. I obey. God. The most important thing to me is not your opinion. The most important thing to me is God's opinion about me Amen. that I obey God. Amen. If you don't like me, too bad. <laughs> Walk out of here. It's okay. I'm gonna obey God. It's so painful to start a church. I lost all of my Thai friend in Seattle. All of them laugh at me and say, "This guy is crazy to start a church as a doctor." And they all deserted me. I lost all the Thai friends at that time. It's so sad. Then accident. Then people gossip about me. Then people call around the city, talk bad about me. Oh, this guy, he doesn't know what he's doing. He still started church. Oh, don't go to his church. Don't go to his church. Oh, I got all the attacks. I was so discouraged. People talk bad. People gossip about me. The bottom line is not about their opinion. I need to obey the Lord. So I continue. Now, 20 years later, I reap the blessing. I am glad I did not quit. As years go by. I obey. That is just the beginning, okay. But after that, I have to go through so many tests of obedience again and again. Especially the last one is about the file of God. When I began to welcome the file of God, I lost all the friends in the world. People in the world just deserted me at that time because they think that this guy is crazy. Lay hand on people. I had to choose between obeying to stay in the fire or getting my association, the friend that like me. I gave up friendship. People deserted me because of the file of God. I chose the file of God, but now I have more friends Amen. than before. 
God tested my obedience. Whether I will obey the Lord or I will obey man. Now I come to the point of my life. I tell you the truth, and this is a real statement. This is not just facade. I come to the point of my life now that I don't care anymore what man thinks about me. I don't care anymore. There be people like me, people don't like me. People will follow me or not. They will listen to my sermon or not. They want to be in my church or not. I don't care whether people will. Come and honor me and say good things about me. It doesn't shake me. If people say, "Oh, I don't like this guy," sorry. At least I don't beg you for money. <laughs> I feed myself. I go out to work. I don't ask you for money. I'm sorry if you like me. The only things right now that move my life is not man. Is that Father? I love you so much. I will obey you, no matter how much I have to pay the price. No matter what people's opinions are. If I am the only one in the world that obey you, and everyone desert me, I still obey you, because the only person in the world that I want to be pleased with me is you. If you smile and you happy and you look down from heaven and say, "Good, my son, do it, do it, do it," that already make my day. If God is happy with me, He's so pleased with me that I am obedient child. That is enough for me. But thank God, He blessed me. With good friends in the church, like all of you in this room, I'm not alone. Still bless me with friends, with good wife, with good kids and grandkids, and money and everything. But even though I don't have all these things, if I just obey the Lord, that is enough. I live my life on earth to obey Him. He is everything in my life. I this is my serious comment. I come to this point of my life now. That's why lately I'm happy all the time. You know why I'm happy all the time? Because other people' behavior do not affect me. They like me, thank God. You don't not like me. You know why I can smile? Because I know God is happy with me. That's all it counts. That's all I want. And definitely, God is not gonna forsake me. He will bring good friend to me. He knows I my need. But the bottom line in my heart, I want to obey the Lord. And if He's happy, it's enough for me. Can you come to that point of your life? Amen. Amen. Look at Apostle Peter say in Acts chapter five verse twenty nine. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, "We ought to obey God rather than men. I rather obey God than men." Two years ago, I, as a pastor, faced a big decision to make. I give you this example. That decision is a group of committed, well-to-do, financially members, influential member, come to me and say, "Pastor Lau, you need to stop lay hand on Sunday and quit the file of God because this will not make your church grow. You are stupid to do this." This group of people come to me and say, "Stop and cut down your service only to one and a half hours to make everybody happy." At the beginning, I fear man. I don't want to lose them. I told my elders to cut down the service to one and a half hours. I stopped lay hand on Sunday for almost a year, and in my heart, I had no peace at all. I fear man more than God. After about almost a year, I wake up and say, "This is not right. I think I'm not doing the right thing. I need to go back to the file of God." And I began to lay hand. About five or six family left the church right away. They mad at me. The church become empty. You can imagine one family, about three or four people with kids sitting there. Suddenly, all these seat gone. Within one week, they all left. They mad at me. It's very hurting because all these people were saved through my ministry. I trained them from knowing zero to become leader in the church. I trained them for ten years. They all left because they don't like laying on the fan and the file of God. It's so painful. It's so painful that I have to choose. 
God's way and let go these people. Now we don't have enough seat for people. The church is packed every Sunday. It's full, and we are thinking about two services now. We plan for two services in next April. And now, thank God, all these new people that come to church love the fire of God. They love to be laid hand on every Sunday. They love to be touched by the fire of God. They love the church. They appreciate the pastor. They all have good attitudes. Oh, praise God! It's worth it to pay the price. Now I can walk to the church with happy face every Sunday. I know that all these members love the fire of God, love the church, love the teaching. I'm happy now. I don't have to fight with men anymore or have conflicts with people anymore. And the Lord told me. This is what the Lord told me. In your Christian life, sometimes we have we call strongholds. Stronghold means some wrong thinking that we learn from parents, we learn from TV, and learn from newspaper, and sometimes learn from some pastors, some teachers in the body of Christ that present. To us, some wrong ideas, and we get it, and then practice it, and we don't even know that we are wrong until one day we get touched by the fire of God, and the fire of God, the Holy Spirit comes in to burn all those strongholds out and begin to adjust our thinking: what is the right way and what is the wrong way. And when He adjusts us, we have to obey and do it. One day, the fire of God adjusted me. He said like this to me: "Son, you need to separate between." The family and the evangelism. Evangelism. I explain this to you to understand how God really deal with me, and I obey Him. He said that because they want to have a big church, they need to dilute the message and make everybody happy, and that is evangelism. You make everyone happy to accept Christ. But if you stay like that, all the members going to be sick and weak and poor and cursed, and the church will suffer because you just want the numbers. You want the big church. He said to me, "Son, you need to separate between evangelism and pastoral work. Evangelism means you go out and get people saved as much as you can, but it doesn't mean that all of them going to be in your church. I will select people to be in your church." What he tried to say to me, "The church is a family. Will you let Dick, Tom, and Gary walk into your house and sleep in your house while your daughter sleeping there?" Are you listening to me? I have a young daughter, 19 years old. Will I allow Dick, Tom, and Gary sleep in my house? And I don't know their life. No, family is a family. You select people to come into your home. Is that correct? Think about it. You don't let anybody to walk to your door and sleep there. You know them first, and they know you, and you trust them. The same thing with the local church. The local church is a family. Yes, you evangelize on Sunday; people get saved. You may evangelize on certain activity, like we can have a Christmas service in a few weeks. That is evangelism. We get more people to come and listen to the message, get them saved. But Sunday service for me is the time of family. I'm teaching my children. And if I don't lay hand on them, cast demon out of them, cast some bad idea out of them, I am building the church that my own members, my own kids, suffer from sickness and disease and cancer and poverty, and they suffer because the pastor want only number and please everyone that come into the meeting. And God said to me, if you keep doing that, you're sinning against me because your primary responsibility as a pastor is to take care of my kids, not to build a big church. I have to choose between pleasing people or keeping. My family healthy and strong. After I listened to that voice of the Holy Spirit, I decided to change my service to be very strong service to get my members strong. Lay hand on them, cast demon out of them. Some people don't like it; they walk out. Too bad, bye bye. Too bad. This is my family. If you don't like it, you get out of here. I love you, but it's your choice. But if you stay here, I can guarantee you're gonna be strong. You're gonna be healthy. You're gonna prosper because I raised my kids that way. 
And in fact, after I decided to do that lately, it's interesting. A lot of non-believers that walk come into my church like it, and they stay and they get saved because they see that this house is a house of safety. That if they stay in this church, their life will be safe and trained and strong. Actually, non-believers are looking for the real thing, not looking for the surface thing. I obey the voice of the Lord. We try to build a strong church, and if God give me hundred people, it's fine. If God give me five hundred people, it's fine. Amen. How many people want to be in a place where you are safe and sound and strong? No cancer, no sickness and disease, no demon, no curses. How many people want to be in that kind of situation? I want to be in that kind of situation. I don't want my member to get sick and to have cancer and get operation, and demonic, and husband and wife divorce and the kids go into drugs. Joshua chapter one verses seven to nine. Only be strong and very courageous. That you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Everyone say, God make my way prosperous. I will have success. Have I not commanded you be strong and good courage? Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Again, the same principle. When you obey God, God will love you. God will make you prosper. God will give you good success, and the presence of God will be with you. Again and again and again, repeat in the Bible. Am I convincing you now that you should love God and obey God? Amen. I'm convincing you now. Amen? Amen. How many people want to be blessed? How many people want to be successful? How many people want to have good success? Amen. How many people want the presence of God? Amen. How many people want the favor of God? Amen. Amen. James chapter 2, verse 17. Does also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So... True faith will follow by action and obedience. Amen? So what you learn today? Obey. Obey. Amen. Be blessed. Amen? And when you obey, even though the whole world don't understand you, it's okay. You just make the Lord happy. A lot of people in the world look very insecure and try to manipulate, try to do a lot of things to get people attention, to get people to love them, to get people to do good to them. You know what is the root cause of that? You will not be happy if you have to manipulate people all the time. You have to do something for people to like you all the time, try to please people all the time. You will not be happy. The root cause is you don't have strong relationship with people. If you are so sure and so convinced that God loves you, you don't have to manipulate people anymore. If you know that God is so pleased with you, you know for sure God loves you, you don't depend on people's love anymore. And then you don't have to feel sad when people don't smile at you. As a lot of people are not happy because they are not loved by other people. You know that if God loves you, He's going to support you, He's going to take care of you. So you don't have to try to force people to do anything for you. God's going to work in their heart to help you anyway. So you don't have to run around manipulating people. Amen? Amen. My source, my help is from heaven, not from man. But as I love God, God's going to send good people to help me. And if people don't like me, it's okay. I love them. And I feel secure. I feel secure because 
God loves me. And I know, and I know, and I know, God is pleased with me, and He loves me because I love Him and I obey what He says. That's why this teaching today gonna help you a lot to come out from insecurity, from sadness, from feeling rejected by people. People reject you. Hey, I loved you. It doesn't matter because God loved me. Wow, what a life to live like that! To live such a life, to be so secure, so loving, so happy, so joyful. You're not affected by people around you anymore. The fact of life is, no one is perfect. Somebody gonna hurt your feelings someday. Your joy come from the love of God. This confidence in the love of God. You will not be affected by other people' behavior that much anymore. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this teaching. We thank you so much, Lord, for reminding your church about loving you and obeying you, obeying your voice, obeying your commands in the Bible. Oh, Father, we loved you. We know, Lord, you never lie. You keep your promises. You say, Lord, when we obey you, you shall be with us. Your presence shall be with us, and you shall bless us. You shall protect us. Take away the sickness and disease. We shall prosper and have good success, Lord. We shall live a long life to serve you, and you will be pleased with us. We pray, Father, that those who listen to this teaching will be blessed. Will make a decision to obey you all the days of their life, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. God bless. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you.